Gabby, the founder of Good Business, the online membership for female founders, freelancers, and women who want to start a business. Welcome to the Good Business Conversations podcast, where we'll be following the journeys of six of our members as they grow their businesses, sharing the highs and lows and real-time decision-making. This week, I'm chatting to Sophie, the founder of Cuckoo Creations, a sustainable feminist fashion brand. And we're chatting all about the message behind her brand and how she's grown it through the last year. Enjoy! Hi, Sophie. Hello. <laughs> uh, welcome to your first ever episode of Good Business Conversations. I'm absolutely over the moon to have you um, on. So, yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us what you do and what your business is. Yeah. So, my name is Sophie, and I own a business called Cuckoo, um, which I started um, about just over two years ago, um, although it had a very unofficial start. And um, it's a feminist fashion brand. I have a massive focus on sustainability and making sure the clothes that I make are ethical and um, the people who actually make them are treated really well. And and loads of funky feminist designs, um, sex positive things, empowering slogans, um, a whole range of different stuff um, and all size inclusive as well so it's amazing I love what you do and I think like you are obviously super passionate about feminism and what your brand stands for as well which I think is like it really comes through in all of your products and, and everything that you do um, so what like what's your journey looks like and how have you ended up because we've spoken about this and I find it so interesting so do you want to share where you've sort of come from and how that has happened yeah so um a bit of a a random start so I actually trained to be an actress so my whole life I've been at like theatre school um and then I went to drama school in Liverpool a place called Lipper which is like owned by Paul McCartney if if this was the acting world people would be like oh Lipper (laughs) because you have to audition to get in and like it's really hard to get in basically. Um, and so I always wanted to do acting and I graduated 2019. And, um, but whilst I was at uni, I was like making little jackets, like feminist slogans on the back and um, like handbags and different bits and bobs. And I would just sell them on Depop. And it, it was basically like relief from the course because the course was so um, intense when I got home like I didn't really want to do much else other than just like sit and paint and do something that was quite relaxing and I found I find painting extremely like therapeutic because it just clears my mind and I I don't think about anything so that was literally like the main reason I was doing it and it was also a bit of like a I don't know a bit of a fun thing to do I was like whack them on Depop see if I make any money and like I would sell maybe one or two every few months like it, it wasn't a, a a business that was like necessarily trying hard with mm-hmm. and, I, and I also didn't really know what I was doing like I was I had no education in it and and none of my friends knew anything so I was just going with the flow and then I graduated and um I was involved in like a lot um quite a few different shows all over up north and then I did a tour like just before Christmas time around Ireland and it was like this 
six week tour like I was playing Aladdin I was like the main role in like a pantomime and it was, oh, wow. yeah yeah it's like it was it was really great and um but I was like really randomly like drawing lots and feeling quite like kind of frustrated like I'm away from home and I can't be creating things and and I'm not quite sure whether this is making me truly like happy but like I was loving the performing side of it but because you're away for so long and because you're just like in random airbnbs all over Ireland traveling it's quite a difficult um situation especially for like for some people like I think some people just take that really well but I was just a bit like oh I'm I'm away from all my like stuff like I can't paint I can't do all the things that I would usually do to kind of relax mm-hmm. and then I, d- I literally then like bought Adobe Illustrator and like start that was like the first few designs I did like whilst I was away in Ireland and then um, started drawing and like when I look back at some of the designs they're just kind of awful <laughs> like I really didn't know how to use it I, I didn't know what I was doing or how to get a drawing from a piece of paper onto Illustrator and like me about the lines and stuff but I've just basically taught myself ever since and like and then I decided like I want to do markets I want to like start doing this as a business and it was like January and February just before the lockdown and like did a few markets I think I made like five pounds at one and I was absolutely buzzing like I was ecstatic to be making five pounds because I think once you've just the excitement of like finally getting your products out there and like setting them up, seeing them on a on a table and like having people look at them and being like, oh wow, like this is really cool or like having a chat to people. I was just so happy. Like, <laughs> and, like I think back to that and I'm like, that was so sweet because I came home absolutely buzzing. And like, um, I did the same market. It was in Manchester, like, for a few weeks and like made like you know 15 pounds each time and then it was like lockdown and I had a market like literally a few days before lockdown I was like "Mm, is this gonna like affect me like will I be able to do markets anymore (laughs) you know like "Mm, what's this thing that's coming along and then it's like (laughs) 12 months later it's like it has affected me 100% like I'm basically built a whole business from it because I've had all this time to actually work on it but also like massively affected me in other ways because my life is completely different so yeah it's crazy and I remember I had an event probably about a week before like the lockdown got announced and we were all just like in the pub and it was about email marketing and we were chatting about it and just like oh I don't think it'll be that bad and (laughs) and then like yeah I don't think it'll affect us and I think I'll still do events and then (laughs) obviously we just were so oblivious to what it actually would look like um yeah it's crazy to think back to that time when we were so not naive just unaware of like the, the possibilities that could be crazy isn't it literally and like I was still living in Liverpool at that point yeah. and like since then I've moved back home to Birmingham um and just like everything is yeah toxic to me just not <laughs> so what when we went into lockdown what like what happened for you then how did you because your business has grown massively since then yeah so I lost my job because I was working on a bar in Liverpool that then just went like 
you're not even furloughed you're just fired like oh. I was like right well I can't do that I was also teaching drama like I used to teach like little kids like classes so oh. that stopped so I couldn't go into schools and I couldn't be furloughed with them because I was self-employed so and all acting work just like stopped overnight so I was yeah. just like right well I've got all this time like I'm I've moved back home because I've got no money like what do I now do to make this work and literally as lockdown was starting I'd like had this idea about a women of the world map and like I'm so lucky that that kind of all coincided because I think if I hadn't have had an idea like that or like um, a set new kind of venture new something to do I wouldn't have known what to do mm. if that makes sense like so I'd, I'd literally just made it just before lockdown and um and I just was like right I need to figure out like how to get these printed how to how to get a website set up like all these things that I didn't really um know much about and I and I just went for it and I had all this time to actually do it so I was like making little videos and had the idea to do like a Women of the World Wednesday, which kind of partly stemmed from like, I guess my acting background. Cause I was like, right, I get to kind of act and, and present this kind of like, I don't know, Instagram video. Yeah. And, um, and then, and also like so interested in the actual women's stories and what they have to say and, and like the really incredible things that they did. So, so it just kind of built from there. And I think Instagram has been the greatest thing because once you like work the algorithm and like know what you're doing, you can grow so massively. And, and, um, and I think for a long time, I was like constantly trying to make content that is like shareable or, or will be connecting to people that's saying something that other people aren't saying, like not afraid to be, like a bit taboo or a bit um, like overtly like sex positive, things like that. So uh, all things like that have kind of helped me grow rather than just being like another feminist brand, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think just the, the pure knowledge that you have, like, you know, you, you women of the world, Matt, obviously so much effort had to go into that to make it, a thing like yeah and to and for you to do those women of the world Wednesdays like they were so informative and like really interesting and obviously like people will enjoy that and and, and obviously like feminism is such a big thing in the world of Instagram um and I think you know some people can like hop on the bandwagon and not really understand why um which isn't a problem you know but then having that education there it just backs it up doesn't it and it's like oh that's why I believe that and that's why I feel like this um and yeah I just thought it was amazing definitely and I definitely like sharing stories that people haven't heard of yeah like all the time people look at my map at markets and be like oh I've not I don't know any of these names and I was like yeah because I picked ones that you've never heard of in purpose because yeah. what's the point in always being like oh Frida Kahlo or Marie Curie like these people that we hear loads about like there's thousands of women like why don't we just pick other women that have done really interesting things and also it was then a bit harder to find people that were a bit more 
you know special but like in their own quiet way that haven't it hasn't been like publicized and plastered all over things so yeah yeah. have you always had that interest like where does that come from for you I'm, I'm not I think about this a lot and I'm not sure like where it comes from but I think it's because I'm a very like strong-willed kind of passionate person mm-hmm. and I think the I've had like lots of maybe like male figures in my life that I've kind of argued with or been um up against and I'm not sure if it comes from that because no one else in my family apart from my younger sister is is very similar to me like in in that way but also I think it probably comes from acting because whenever I was doing plays or performances like uh you obviously have to research a lot into the characters and things and quite often I do like kind of feminist shows or shows with like strong women in it and like when I was studying in Liverpool, we would always have to like pick material we wanted ourselves. So I was always like picking, you know, like speeches by uh, MPs that have like said really important things or um, different plays that like really resonated with me. So I, th- I think it, it comes from that, but it's, it's really hard to kind of put your finger on and be like, why do I feel like this? which I find weird because I think a lot of people kind of know why they are like they are because their mum's like that or um, yeah yeah I mean especially because you are so passionate about it like I kind of just assumed that there would be like a really I don't know like an obvious point in your life you're like this is like this is how I feel and these are the reasons why but yeah it's really difficult but I think I had quite a difficult time when I was younger and like became very like kind of outspoken and believed in my own um ways like which it's really weird thing to say like it's really difficult to kind of put your finger on but yeah I I think I just had to learn to like be trusting my own instinct and I think that's what's like powered it yeah yeah see I think for me like it was when I worked um in retail for Anne Summers and they like really pride themselves on being like a really feminist brand um, and that's what it would look like from the outside but working on the inside like they're really not and I started to like click with certain things there and thinking why am I like, and especially when I got pregnant when I worked there as well I was like hang on a minute why am I being treated like this because our whole like ethos is that women are treated like it's equal treatment and you know women are treated fairly and that it's it's for the women and it's really not like (laughs) um and then and then that was just like sort of magnified for me once I had my little boy because I I realized how sort of unfair like the world was for women and, and and what we'd had to fight for and it's just still not right um and that's what put a fire in my belly about it I think like before that I was completely oblivious to why anyone would be pissed off <laughs> um about any feminist issues I was just like oh it don't really affect me um but yeah I think it was that point for me I love that yeah I think definitely there's so many companies that like masquerade as being mm. these 
organizations for women and it's literally just to exploit the money of women because they know women are like one of the biggest they women are like the top consumers like they have the most money to spend so targeting women in that way is it's like sexist genius you know what I mean like going after the money but in in like a sneaky um misogynistic way because they know that they can take it yeah true very true um but yeah thank you for that um so Sophie I'd love to know what the some of the biggest challenges that you've you've faced in starting your business have been one of the biggest challenges has been kind of because I'm doing it on my own the kind of came to a point where I was like right well I've got no help with this I don't really know what I'm doing like I've got no business background or education so one of the biggest challenges is kind of like when things go wrong I've got no one to ask for help or ask questions to or that can kind of relate which makes it really hard in in those respects and and um that's one of the reasons I joined good business like good business like I said to you when I started like I don't really know what I'm doing and I I need a little bit of extra help so I don't feel so in the dark like one of the things I did for like a year before I joined was just listen to podcasts obsessively or like follow people on Instagram that are talking about you know small business tips and um advice and I learned so much from that like there's so much information out there and and also kind of watching and copying people like not copying designs or um or things but like being like okay so they started um promoting their launch four weeks before their launch and that went really well so next time I want to make sure I'm promoting something for four weeks as opposed to being like the night before like say some new products are coming out tomorrow <laughs> like like learning from other people um it's like really helped me and I, I think I'm I'm, I'm the, the reason I'm very passionate about things it also helps me be very hard working in in that respect so uh, I can kind of like latch on to that um like obsessively basically yeah but yeah I think the hardest thing is like things like at Christmas time just after Christmas when uh like the Brexit changes came in and um suddenly like my supplier who I get my t-shirts from like put their prices up because of Brexit costs by uh, 10% because of like import charges. So yeah. that the price of the garment went up 10% and then the company also registered for VAT. So it went up by 20% as well. So oh. it was like 30 extra percent of my margins had completely gone. And I, it wasn't like, rather than being like, it's gonna be fine. It was like a breakdown. Like I was literally sobbing thinking, oh. I don't have a business anymore because if I can't make money I can't I can't have a business so like one of the t-shirts they quoted me was like 18 pounds for a t-shirt rather than you know rather than what I can sell it for I was like okay so I just make like four pounds or something like I just was like I can't do this anymore so I had to find someone else and like 
finding suppliers that you trust and like align with your values is so hard because I have such a massive focus on sustainability and it's quite easy to know that the actual garments are uh, being made sustainably but like checking that the actual company is treating all their workers fairly and and it's an ethical process is is so hard and it's so much better I would much prefer to work with like smaller companies or um like the one I work with in in Glasgow is like an all-female company and I just love that I just think that's great and yeah it was so frustrating when those those changes came in I literally like had a breakdown and I was like I don't know what to do but the but the part about it was no one understood like everyone in my family was like it's gonna be fine like don't worry about it and like if I said to my friends they were just like oh no like it's not like (laughs) a business (laughs) partner being like right (laughs) what is our plan from here yeah I, I literally like my dad is the only person that can like help me in a businessy way because he's an accountant so mm-hmm. he has got knowledge of like numbers and, and things like that That's good. even he didn't really like understand the impact he was just kind of like find somewhere else it's fine don't worry about it like yeah. but when like, you have such specific requirements it is so hard to find places like and the thing is like even if you know you didn't want to wear with like an all-female all brand or whatever just finding sustainable pieces in inclusive sizing is a challenge in itself. Yeah. So top that with, oh, I want to work with a small business when they're printing these things. Like, how? How do you find that? Literally, and I'd built up such a relationship with them as well. Yeah. That's like, I think once you have a relationship with people and there's like good communication and you can say like, like exactly when is it going to arrive? Because I've got a photo shoot on the morning, so it needs to be here by the evening or something like being so specific and actually being able to have the communication whereas like some companies you'll be like uh so when is this order going to be ready and they'll be like in a two weeks approximately and then you're just kind of like waiting around for like a mystery parcel to come so yeah it's so much better when it's small and like proper solid like friendship rather than just yeah uh, do you have any tips for like how did you kind of obviously you talked about how important it is for um you know to know that the workers are being paid fairly and to know that the whole kind of chain is sustainable how how did you find that information out well it's I guess it's just research like checking and also asking questions like not being afraid to be like so how you know what is a standard day for your workers or how um ethically are they treated like do you have any policies in place do you um have like you know solid maternity leave all these different things that are really important or like what's your ratio of um of, of staff members like is it an all-male company or, is, or are you trying to be more inclusive and and diverse like uh being happy to ask questions yeah. because I am I, um, I think if people are doing things right then they'll be happy to answer the question and be like this is this is it and we're all good here like if yeah. they're like coming and ahhing and be and being 
bit suspicious and you know that there's there's something wrong there or they're not treating people properly yeah definitely and I think you find as well with these like more sustainable businesses that they will shout about it on the website like exactly they will have a, a part you know it's not going to be hidden away because obviously it's something that they've worked on and they're really proud of exactly uh, yeah I think that's the easiest thing like you believe there's a whole thing dedicated to it and then it kind of makes your life easier because you know that they're really proud of that yeah yeah um but then there's the like the greenwashing side of it and like how do you how do you actually check that that is a real thing like you hear so much you know H&M saying that they have like this conscious line and then when you actually look at it not yeah Um, it's difficult isn't it to to really like pick out who is actually good and who yeah definitely even with like H&M I was reading the other day about how in order to say like the materials have been recycled only 50% of it actually has to be recycled like yeah so they can be like this whole garment is recycled but actually to say that they only need 50% so it could just be like the collar or what you know oh my God, really yeah. little. and you're just like oh great so that yeah. you know the technicalities of it are really interesting but for me I think the biggest thing is like when you use organic cotton and it's 100% organic cotton there's there's no hesitancy in that or no yeah questioning it and um and yeah just like things like the their carbon footprint and how they're tra- uh, traveling things around like you know yeah. it it all plays into how sustainable the business is and like you're right like it is really hard sometimes to see between like the lies and or what's like supposed to be good but it's actually not great yeah, yeah. I mean organ- like, I've always used organic cotton even when I have my children's wear brand not only because it's sustainable, but also obviously when I was children, when I the children's wear brand, it was important that the the fabric was good for the baby's skin. But then also, like, it lasts so much longer, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. like, and that's part of it being sustainable. Like, it actually is better quality and will last. Yeah, yeah. literally, like so many of my customers say to me, like, this washes so well. Yeah. Like because they must be used to buying clothes that they like wear once, it's lovely, wash it a few times and it's like shrunk, the colours faded, it's like and, it's off. Yeah. and then and then there's like you know a few wears in it. Whereas like, yeah, of course it washes well because it's made to last and like you know it's um it's done, it's printed in a way that is it's not gonna fade, it's not gonna flake off yeah. because it's like direct to garment printing so like the ink is actually in the in the t-shirt as opposed to just on top because yeah. I think a lot of people use them um, kind of like vinyl printing yeah. and it's like I would just never do that because it's not very sustainable um because it's obviously like cut out of a larger piece of vinyl but also because it, it like sits on top of the fabric and it's almost like plasticky and and it it doesn't wash well because once it washes it just starts kind of flaking and like and breaking up it's like why would you make those in that way like yeah yeah I I, I, yeah I've I've always done direct garment it's more expensive but it's much much better yeah um 
yeah and they can obviously use like vegan inks and things like that as well so there's just some like the opportunities are endless um, <laughs> yeah yeah um and I've heard about this thing as well I don't know if you've seen I saw it on TikTok the other day I get all of my information from TikTok now <laughs> um but this apparently H&M are starting doing this like traffic light system mm. so um it's on six of the products online at the moment I think and they're gonna try try and get it across the whole line but they're um so they're showing which products are sustainable and which aren't through a traffic light system but the good thing about it is that it's not actually H&M that are doing the traffic light system it's an outside company um yeah and I read an article that like Primark are are gonna do it and like several other companies are interested in this like products that yeah will show consumers how sustainable their items are which I just think is amazing. I think that's amazing. They're also quite unusual. Like, why would yeah. you want to have, like, a red traffic light on some of your items? Like, I know. Well, actively, unless you're yeah, going mean, to suddenly start being sustainable on everything. Like. Exactly, yeah. And I think that at first, maybe there will be a lot of, like, unsustainable products, but maybe because the customer's more educated and they're like, this is a red, why is it, you know, do I actually want it? Mm. maybe it'll because the only reason that people that big brands are making these unsustainable products is because they're selling yeah and if people are more aware then they might stop selling as much yeah and I guess it's a way for them to see like actually what the market wants yeah because if they notice a massive um trend of people verging to more buying sustainable items and you know all these unsustainable ones are going to waste then they're going to invest more money into actually making sustainable items so it could be really yeah. good it could be yeah hopefully <laughs> it is um that's super important but yeah obviously I saw this on TikTok so I don't know how true it is <laughs> but let's hope so <laughs> um so let's talk about big wins what big wins have you had since starting business well one of the biggest wins for me like it's not very conventional but it's like when I did a big photo shoot for my range in like uh, Valentine's range like just being in a photography studio of like that size with these models like my best friend Beth is a photographer oh yeah like just being there and like seeing it and then afterwards seeing all these professional photos like it feels so real and it feels so um professional like professional like literally yeah. professional and, it, and it's exciting because you're like this little drawing that I drew is now on a t-shirt and it's on this gorgeous model and who's you know size inclusive or um from an ethnically diverse background and you're like I love this I love it yeah. <laughs> it's just great and then I have those pictures and I can like, share them on Instagram and I just feel really proud of the whole process because it's such a process like it's extremely stressful when going from designing to waiting a few weeks for the t-shirts to actually arrive and like you know sampling it all it's such a process and you know like seeing the end result and then also like like launches like generally like all my launches have been big wins because finally the product's released and then like they either sell out or like get really close to selling out and it it's really exciting so yeah 
it does feel so good like I remember doing my first proper photo shoot and um like it was such a step up from like because I used to just like borrow my friend's babies and just like chuck them in like a corner somewhere and just like take obviously not chuck them but like take loads of pictures with my <laughs> shitty phone and um yeah such a level up in there and obviously with we are girls as well like I never got to the point where I was doing proper photo shoots it was always just me mm. wearing the clothes and trying to get the camera on timer and it's like yeah you don't realize how hard it is do you no literally and it and it just feels so good to be you know like having money to be able to book a studio and like do it all properly it's just lovely and mm. like I um when I first launched the like women of the world t-shirts last summer um like that was a similar feeling then because it was the first time I've ever had t-shirts and I was just like yeah. looking at them in the box like they look so great like it it was so exciting and I went down to London to to shoot them and like had loads of different models from like people I didn't know or and some friends and like it just felt so exciting and wow. um do you know like um made by Liv she does earrings in Manchester yeah I think I've heard of it yeah she came down and like brought a load of earrings for the shoot and like I had different um like small businesses like give me some like different accessories and clothes to wear for it and it was just like the most lovely thing seeing all these pictures and like um and the new t-shirts and everything and it, it went so well like I think also once you invest in a lovely shoot like that and everything looks professional like it does really pay off people generally see the um the quality of the items and 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 also like having models that aren't just like stick thin and and don't represent us all so it's really important to me and it's always important like every time I'm doing a photo shoot I'm like right who can I get in now that's like you know a normal person but that will be comfortable behind a camera <laughs> I love that. I love how committed to it you are. I think it's really cool. Thank you. Um, so what are you currently working on? So I'm currently working on a kind of summer collection. Um, and I've been doing loads of research. I feel like this podcast will come out maybe when I've already yeah, launched yeah. it. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but basically I'm doing... Um, an LGBTQ plus map yeah. is exciting. I've been doing loads of research. Um, it's called Queers of the Kingdom, which is yeah. So it's just going to be the United Kingdom um, for a load of reasons, really. Like I wanted, uh, I think we've got a really interesting and like diverse history of of LGBTQ people. But also, like, I wanted it to look different to my Women of the World map. So I thought if I just do the UK, then it's a bit different. And also the other aspect of, like, finding people who are haven't just been persecuted for it in countries, like, all over the world, I thought was going to be really difficult. It actually might not be, like, the most uplifting thing to, to research yeah. and read about. So, so, yeah, it's just the UK. Um but it's going really well. Like I've got a whole Excel spreadsheet of of people. I've been, I for the last week I've like pretty much worked on it 
non-stop and like watch documentaries and podcasts and there's so much out there like once you start looking for stuff you just realize how much there is like resources already of people already doing research or trying to share these stories and um it's such a shame that they're not all in like the spotlight so much yeah um but yeah it's been really cool and like uh, I'm at the point now where I just need a few more um people and then I'm gonna try and start drawing it like fingers crossed I think at the end of the week we'll see we'll see how it goes so that's like the the big thing that I want to get launched um hopefully like by the end of June or or beginning of July depending on how that goes and then also we'll probably do like a few other t-shirt designs um to go with it and like stickers and all that jazz you know (laughs) get it all in yeah and um also I'm thinking of maybe doing some more like notepads and things because it went so well the I my first like scribble pads I did so we'll see how it goes we'll see what I decide on but hopefully there'll be a whole collection of stuff and it's still gonna be like obviously the queers of the kingdom will be one half of it but then the other half of it is going to be about feeling comfortable in our bodies in the summer and in the heat and the um one of the t-shirts I've done it's like sexy no matter what size so it's like this massive emphasis on like looking good feeling good no matter how you look no matter you know what you're wearing um so that should be good yeah that's amazing what is like do you feel like um your process of like designing collections and all of that has kind of got easier as time has gone on or do you feel like there's still room to improve there I think that now I like focus a bit more and I'm like right so now I am designing for a new collection yeah whereas at the beginning I think I would just kind of make things and be like oh maybe yeah yeah." like oh this could be a t-shirt or like this has been popular why don't I do some stickers of this whereas now I'm more like right so I'm gonna have four stickers I'm gonna have four t-shirts I'm gonna do some tote bags like it's more of a um considered process of like wanting to launch them all at the same time and also I've learned so much about launches like since the beginning like it's so important to launch your products properly and promote them properly and like that can literally make or break whether something's um popular or not yeah one of my problems in the past has been like um like I personally have been like talking and thinking about a product for a long time but I've not actually been like sharing it with anyone and then you feel like you've what I did I felt like I'd been going on about this product I actually hadn't like I'd literally posted about a few times and um and then I'm kind of like confused like why is no one interested in this or like why has it not been such a big deal and it's like because I haven't even talked about it like I've I've just bored myself to death with this but not shared it (laughs) so like I'm trying to get in the pattern more of like sharing kind of pre little previews and sneak peeks because I think there's quite a difficult balance like as a designer of being like I want it to be a surprise for when I like launch the collection and I have like the professional photos but then also wanting to like build up a hype for like, you know, six 
four to six weeks beforehand of like this is me drawing it this is me making it this is me sending it off and like I think when you have all of that process in place the way my followers react to that is they are kind of invested in it and that's how mm. I find when I watch other businesses like if I if I know they've been creating something for a whole month then I'm like oh I can't wait to to see what they've been working so hard on yeah and definitely the more you stay quiet about stuff like that and then and like suddenly bring out a whole collection it's not it's obviously got kind of like the shock factor but you're not as physically invested because you they've not thought about it and wanted to buy it for as long yeah and, and I think there's like a massive um thing for me of like kind of the buyer buyer um journey yeah of kind of like how their brain works and like have they been thinking about this project for like two weeks because if not then it's gonna come as a like surprise them they're not like rarely people buy things the same day they so they see it so well I think some people do but you've got to figure out what your customer likes to do and I think you're right uh, like if you if you went shopping out like in a shopping center then yeah you, you see something you buy it yeah but if you online it's very different isn't it like you tend to be looking for something yeah um, so yeah I think you're right there you need to build up that hype but also it's about like um getting them involved and I think you do that really well um because obviously everything that you do it has such purpose and meaning behind it that it must like and obviously your audience is into the same stuff as you so for them to feel like they're they've had a bit of an input Mm. into it or like inspired it in some way must feel amazing for them and then yeah of course they want the end product because it's a little bit of theirs yeah definitely definitely mm. uh, yeah couldn't have put it better myself like <laughs> not gonna just try and ramble on and say this <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited to see um the queers of the kingdom map I'm very excited to see that it's gonna be cool fingers crossed yeah. <laughs> um so so okay where do you see yourself in about a year's time what has been your big goals um difficult one I um a year's time I'd like to be more stable as a business like I feel like we've come in and out of lockdowns and like sales are fluctuating because people's spending habits are fluctuating and it would be great to be more stable and be like but this is what the world is like now and I know what's going on like and then also have kind of grown to the point where sales are so consistent because of uh, having a very consistent following mm -hmm. um I think it would be amazing to have like someone working for me to help me with orders so that I can then like just crack on with like constantly making new things or you know the actual business side of things um like one of the big things for me is like I'd really like to be um like wholesale in in lots of different independent shops or like you know maybe a, a, a bigger shop like Urban Outfitters or something like that like that would be amazing to have my product somewhere like that on like a mass scale that would be great um 
well these are all just like crazy pipe dreams but I think absolutely not I, yeah. I definitely could see this happening for you yeah yeah I think what, like for me um I struggle to think like quite far ahead and I think the more I've been doing like the like accountability calls and like setting goals and things I've been able to think more ahead yeah. because I think maybe it comes from like my background as in acting and stuff like everything is so um unstable like you know you audition for like 15 things and you might hear nothing back but you or if you got a job it could be in like six weeks time and you've got to go into rehearsals like the next day like like everything is very sporadic and you can't plan ahead like you can't book holidays because you might have an audition on like all these things so it, it, your future was never really planned out and that's how it is for all my best friends that are still actors like right now like that they might be working on something now but like that job will end and then there's nothing like there's there's no planning so for me I think it's really hard for me to kind of plan ahead but I'm getting much better at like kind of daydreaming about things or or wishing for things to happen um and and I yeah I think setting goals has like really helped that because I think at first I was kind of being like well what should I be doing like what would our other businesses doing that um that I should be aiming for the same things but actually I don't really have the same goals they're they're a little bit different and like they're a little bit more niche yeah definitely (laughs) Do you think that um, this is it then, like Cuckoo is the one and the acting is sort of in more in your past now? Well, I kind of have something that I want to do, like without going off on a massive tangent. But this, I, I know I won't start this in the next six months because this is like, um, it would need to be a, a big thing. But I'd quite like to, and I've always wanted to do this. And only now that I have Cuckoo I think I could combine the two ideas and make it work but I'd really like to go into schools and do like workshops about women of the world and like empower young girls like through not really performances like I don't know how it would be but there'll be like worksheets and like it would be educational but also empowering and um there would be maybe different characters and things like employ my friends to be (laughs) like different actors and I would love to do that and I've always wanted to work in schools and like I really enjoy um kind of it's called uh, TIE it means like uh, theatre and education um it it, I've always enjoyed and been interested in that kind of thing and I think that actually like my followers could maybe help me do that because I'd like to do some kind of crowdfunding or you know if I just crowdfunded a thousand pounds and then I could pay to research and develop it and pay actors to perform and do like some um like testers at schools like I think you know it I think it would be really successful um but that is like a whole other tangent of like daydreaming and I think the reason I've not put any effort into it this year is because like this whole school system is completely you know COVID has just decimated any regularity so it it wouldn't be possible to do it anytime soon so I want to wait until there's a bit more stability in that so that I could like be more 
prepared if, if that makes sense because yeah. I'd hate to like put so much effort into something and money and then be like we're looking down and you can't go ahead with that and it, it but but something like that I've like always wanted to do and I think that's a way to like help me kind of combine my two passions so I don't feel like I'm like leaving acting behind so much because I have always like I have always done it like since I was like four or five I've been dancing and acting and performing so um it's it would be nice to kind of combine it in that way yeah I love that that's such a cool idea yeah well it's just it's it's a bit of a like long shot but also like would be so easy to do because I know people and I and I have quite an understanding of of how it would work because I did like tour around Ireland and different places in the UK in like education settings so I would the schools like love that kind of thing and also it's interesting because a a market so many teachers buy my my maps and like I always chat to teachers because they put them up in their classrooms and I'm yeah and I'm always like stay in touch and tell me how it goes and like kind of you know what kind of reaction people had to it and how the kids engaged with it because I think is you know is it effective or not like what do they find from it like are they researching the women or um like can it be used as a resource in the same way that I think it could be yeah 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 I love that that yeah that's amazing and you just like like give like what's the word paint it forward like to the next generation yeah definitely definitely and I think it's it's so needed as well like like I didn't learn about any women when I was at school like I was talking about this the other day I think I learned about like Henry VIII yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. like (laughs) World War II (laughs) which only men were involved by the way like no women stepped anywhere near that like you know no stories about the munitionettes or you know the the land army and all the women at home like just all of that erased it was only men involved so and it's so interesting as well like (laughs) literally like there's you know you want to like if I would have been taught that in school I would have been miles more interested the only reason I listened in history is because my history teacher was fit that's literally, <laughs> was really fit um but <laughs> that's it if you would have been talking about you know all these feminist um movements and everything like it would have just been so much better literally or just like women in general like you know it, it doesn't have to be I feel like the government are never going to be like, right, let's teach about like third wave feminism in schools. But like, just like women's stories, you know, in general, like, yeah. in general, like female queens. Like, I'm not sure I ever learned about like even female queens. And there's so many that have been like so much more successful than actually, you know, like Henry. I mean, even our current queen, like that story in itself is an amazing story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's so much that's just like, nah, not interesting. So yeah. not gonna pop that in the curriculum. Like, so yeah. Oh wow, I love I love that idea. Um, so the purpose of the podcast, Sophie, is for us to catch up every six weeks and see where you're at and what you've been up to and how it's been for you. So where do you think you'll you will be in six weeks' time? In six weeks' time, um, well, hopefully this whole collection will be sorted and I'll be photoshooted and everything. Like, ho- hopefully it'll be on 
sale fingers crossed this is when I come back in six weeks and I'm like that didn't happen (laughs) hopefully it should be it should be fine and then um and then I've got a million markets and things throughout um June and July so I will just have been busy all over the country with those and um and yeah carrying on carrying on going on (laughs) do you think that doing markets has been um like a big factor in in the success of your business so far yeah I think 100% and I think that I can kind of see that in comparison to other businesses that are very similar to mine that don't do markets um obviously not all business has to do markets but I just think it has been really successful for me because the relationship I build up by chatting to someone I think that makes such a difference in influencing the way they spend because like at my markets in the northern quarter like I've done that one every month since um last May so I literally have customers that come every single time just to chat and say hi and like basically I've made like a friendship with these people and they're so lovely and and that relationship where it's really personal and like I'll remember their name and I'll I'll you know know what products they've already got and things like some people have probably got every single item that like every single print I've done all the different t-shirts and it's crazy to think that like it's so exciting but like markets help so much like it's yeah. the same as talking on influ- um on Instagram on your stories and stuff like giving a personal like touch and telling stories so it's basically the same and and also you foster so many new relationships with people that don't have Instagram or wouldn't have come across you and like the amount of business cards I hand out I'm just like follow me on Instagram if you like this kind of thing like constantly um you know trying to build a relationship for the future I think it's so useful definitely and like with the nature of your products as well like it's an easy talking point isn't it it's not like you're gonna be stood there like unsure of what to say or it's really easy to talk about so definitely and also like I think if if I wasn't there like if you just looked Mm. at the product it doesn't have the same meaning but because I'm there to explain it and like can be visibly like passionate about it it's such a it's a different product like people who would never have bought something like that are like suddenly interested and engaged in this kind of narrative so yeah yeah definitely and do you know what though I think your product like obviously you being there and explaining it does improve it but I think without you it's still like it's very clear and I think you've done a really good job yeah yeah like putting across what the meaning is so yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um so we're going to move on to um, the kind of quickfire round. So what has your number one resource been this month or for the past since your business died? Um, well, I was going to say, I think YouTube has been so useful for me at the moment because there's so many like documentaries and things that probably shouldn't be on YouTube that are on there now and that you can just watch and and like you know things from like the 80s and the 90s that people have recorded and worked up like it's so useful um watching these old things because then you kind of get a perspective of how 
people thought then rather than you know just watching like the latest BBC documentary on like LGBT history like things have changed like throughout time and it's it's more interesting to learn about older issues and opinions just to kind of gauge how they felt then um so yeah YouTube is just like a gold mine for naughty things that shouldn't be on there (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is and it's free as well exactly yeah yeah um what what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to start a business one of the the thing I always say is like finding your own voice like if you know what your voice is then you'll be passionate about it and you will sell like if you if you've started a business and you don't know why you're doing it or what the purpose is and you don't have an individual message or voice it's so hard to sell like you 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 don't even know yourself whereas for me like I know exactly what my voice is and it also helps me to trust myself on new ideas like you know things sometimes I have an idea and I will tell like my friends and be like what do you think of this and they'll look at me like I'm absolutely mental yeah but I trust my own instinct and like make it and it you know it's always successful like 10 out of 10 times people react well to that idea so sometimes like when I say it verbally I'm like what do you think of this like have I'd fuck me on a t-shirt they're like mm, no I don't think it's right <laughs> and I'm like yeah but I think it could work and then you know it goes on like it re- it will always resonate with someone like yeah. you know and like that's my individual voice like there's no one else really doing things that have got that kind of humor or like personality behind it and and I think that's what helps so so yeah, yeah. My, my biggest it, it makes me it makes me laugh some of your like things what's that t-shirt say what, what does it's it say? I'd fuck me yeah um, yeah yeah because <laughs> you like obviously we've spoke quite a lot and you come across to me as like just quite sweet and innocent <laughs> like no obviously not obviously I've got that wrong <laughs> I feel like kind of but then also like <laughs> it's funny isn't it it's just like yeah I just wouldn't I, yeah when I saw that I was like bloody hell Sophie but I'm a, I'm a bit of a prude to be honest so <laughs> <laughs> I get like not offended by things like that but I'm a bit like oh my god <laughs> like, I've, I never used to be like that obviously I used to work out on something so yeah <laughs> I was like, then. but um yeah I don't know what it is I just get awkward at one <laughs> like that. um funny um so yeah cool good advice that though um what about self-care is that something that's important to you it's definitely important to me but I definitely don't follow like the advice I give to people no. with self-care like I, it's difficult it's difficult for me actually because painting used to be like my self-care like I would sit down and my mind would be like clear like I'll put on you know a film or something that I've um like seen before so I just don't even watch it I just listen to it and I'll just paint for hours on end and it's like it's almost like mindfulness because I don't think about anything and I'm at peace but then now that that's become more of like my business it's quite a hard when your hobby shifts to um you you know a business because then you're kind of 
everything that you kind of enjoyed about it is it's a little bit different so I I think I'm trying to like kind of shift back to like painting when I I don't know how to phrase this like making sure that when I am painting and things I'm not like in a rush and doing it busy. it's like calm and I've made time for it because quite often now like I used to paint one bag in an evening and it'd be lovely like now I'll be like doing like four or five all at the same time like I'll do some flowers on this one and leave it to dry and the next one is and it's like a conveyor belt of stuff and it's not relaxing whatsoever it's like I need to kind of shift back to a more slow slower pace because that used to be my kind of Mm self-care um I'm not very good at like taking baths or, or anything like that because I just I'm very um I can't really sit still so so it's I'm not very good at like not doing anything like yeah. even if I'm watching tv or something relax I'll still be like drawing or like doing something at the same time so um so yeah that, that's that's my like non-existent self-care routine but we'll work yeah. on it we'll work on it we just need to yeah just chill out while you're painting more yeah yeah um, and what's the biggest challenge that you're facing at the moment or something that's pushing you out of your comfort zone? <laughs> I think my my biggest challenge at the moment is like not having enough hours in the day to get everything done. And because it's just me, uh, it's like either I do it or it doesn't get done. So yeah. it, it feels a little bit like that. And, and my biggest challenge actually is like I want to grow as a business with things like wholesale or or like setting up like an ambassador scheme but because the kind of day-to-day of the business is is quite a lot it's hard to like make any bigger developments Mm -hmm. so so that's my biggest challenge at the moment like it, it I need to try and structure my weeks a bit more so that I'm not like just preparing for a market or just getting ready for a new pop-up thing like there's more time for other things um so yeah and I think that also comes with like knowing my limits and not booking like six markets for one month it's like okay let's just leave some weekends free um so I've been like doing thinking about doing that more now like not saying yes to every single thing um so yeah yeah because obviously like markets have been really your business and and it's grown but then could the wholesale thing be bigger exactly yeah and could this ambassador scheme be bigger and you know just like it's figuring that out isn't it and working out where to spend your time is such a difficult thing to decide exactly and especially when you know it's just me so it's like one minute I'm packing orders the next minute I'm like filling in stock sheets and I'm like I'm doing too many things I can't cope yeah. <laughs> literally yeah no I get you totally it is insane how how different like you know the roles are that you do like you literally wear every single hat when you are a business owner so. literally literally amazing well that's the end of uh, of our first episode together so I've really yeah. enjoyed it thank you lovely that was yeah. great yeah. <laughs> Bab, thank you so much. Amazing. Well, thanks for having me. I can't wait for 
the next six weeks when I fingers crossed do everything I said it would do. <laughs> you will have done, you will have done, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Good Business Conversations. I really hope that you enjoyed it and took something from it as always. If you did enjoy it, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It absolutely means the world to us and helps us get the podcast out there to more people, helping more women. If you'd like to become a member of Good Business, head to the link in the show notes and click become a member. I would absolutely love to have you. And I will see you next week when we are back with Dion. Really excited for that episode. So I'll see you then. Bye.